What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lisa A. Smith, the founder of the Academy. Here at the Black Health Academy, our mission is to eradicate the most common chronic diseases which disproportionately impact people of color. Welcome to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm joined, as always, with the one and only Miss Get Fit with Jay. And today we have a super special guest, but not really, our homegirl, Miss Tiff, also known as the certified personal trainer whose videos you follow inside of the Academy uh, and health coach, along with Miss Get Fit with Jay. Ladies, 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 welcome to the podcast via Zoom Live. Hello, thank you, hello. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, Tiff, you haven't been on a podcast since our last fit trip, which was what month did we go on a fit trip? October. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Tiff's done a couple episodes with us. She is our third musketeer, and um, she hasn't been on since October. Now, last time y'all two was on together, there was frictions and problems. <laughs> <laughs> yes. True. I have a problem. I just, you know was just addressing when people are lost and they they get lost and they don't really acknowledge that they're lost to the other people in the vehicle. No problem with tip per se, just <laughs> if the shoe fits. Sometimes that happens and tip happened to be the driver this time. And I was just addressing the issue. That's in all. general. In general, in general. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Um, Tip, I'm not going to open the floor right now for a rebuttal because we're going to keep this episode <laughs> peaceful and collected, ladies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so we are live uh, via quarantine and back with our second episode in the national, international, really shutdown of the world, really unprecedented times we're existing in right now. Um, and some of the things I want to talk about on this episode, ladies, is how coronavirus is once again and quite in trend with what we've seen historically disproportionately impacting people of color. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And so, um, but before we get to that, as usual, wait, what? What? Wait, what is our segment where we identify something we saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, what? what? Now, as uh, our somewhat guest, Tiff, we'll let you go first. Okay, so my wait what happened a couple weeks ago when I was getting my groceries delivered um, by shipped. And so my ships person comes in with the um, groceries. She rings the doorbell. This is before we started doing everything contactless. So she comes in, she rings the doorbell. So I go to open up the door. She's handing me the groceries and I'm looking at her. She's got on these gloves, like latex gloves. You all, they were so dirty. They were like what? blue gloves and you could see visible dirt all over her gloves. And so I'm thinking in my head, how long has she had on these gloves? Number one. And number two, what benefit does she think she's getting by <laughs> wearing these disgusting gloves? And so I said, wait, what? And then she's handing me these bags of groceries, which could be contaminated with Lord knows what is on <laughs> those gloves so that was a huge wait what moment because i'm trying to understand how does she feel like these gloves are protecting her against any type of exposure because they were right. clearly visibly disgusting so who knows how long she had those on yeah that's pretty gross that's why i've seen people wear all, all these gloves and protective equipment they need proper training they really need proper training I I took for granted knowing the proper uh, way to use them because I was properly trained, you know, with my previous job. But now seeing the world trying to use the personal protection equipment, I'm like, oh, you, maybe everyone actually needs to be trained. It's maybe it's not a common sense thing, you know? I yeah. thought it was, but it's, it's the cross contamination is not common sense to people. Mm -mm. And it's really weird. No, it's not. It's not at all. But I think it's like what you said previously, Jay, and that people are thinking about protecting themselves. So her hands, no matter what, are protected, no matter how dirty the gloves get on the outside. Right. And I think that's what people are just thinking of, like, internally, nothing's getting on me. Right. Right. But she is messing up the whole world, okay? <laughs> the whole and, world. and herself, because 
it is probably getting on her because clearly you're overusing them and you're touching things which you're going to eventually touch your face after you touch those things so right you still touch <sighs> your clearing wheel your car handle whatever it is and so yeah you would think that um you know ppe with personal protection equipment one-on-one would be obvious but it, it's not it's not no. It's not. It's not. I don't. I don't think I have a wait. What? I think the whole catastrophe of the world is a wait. What for me? I don't have any. You said. <laughs> sick. What? Jay. What? You haven't settled in into a new routine yet. Like you are still like up in arms and shocked about this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is shocking though. We have create. We had to create a new normal because of all that we're dealing with. See, I don't I think what it. Lisa realizes is that at first I was not shocked. I was not distressed. I was not overwhelmed. The longer it's going is now I'm starting to feel it. At first I was good, but now I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? This is really life. Now, now I'm, it probably just last week is when it really starts to, to hit me. You know, a death has, you know, happened deaths are like accumulating and you know kids are officially not going back to school now at first it was just talks about it and now we can't even buy things that aren't essential and now it, i mean it's just a lot and you know it's just now it's like a delayed reaction for me yeah you know yeah i, I get know. what about for you tiff like do you um feel like overwhelmed and still shocked by it like this can't be life yes i think because i've had some serious changes lately. I think that it all just seems so new and surreal mm -hmm. just because I'm like, this is my reality. Like I went for a walk yesterday and I'm staying in a hotel right now. So I walked past the front desk and they literally have signs of where you can stand relative to the hotel staff. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking by and I'm like, okay, that's weird. Okay. So I walk outside and there was no, like we're staying in um, Novi, Michigan. Mm -hmm. There's lots of there's there's um putt putt golf across the street. There's um the movie theater. Imagine movie theater. All this is in our area and it's all completely vacant. So I'm walking past the movie theater, which normally on a Saturday would be kind of you know lively and jumping. And I'm looking like this is our reality. There is nothing. Everything was just deserted, mm -hmm. and that is a shock in and of itself. In addition to okay, when I get back into the hotel room, so I'm gonna take the shoes off, trying to get a shower in. And, all of that. So yes, I, it is quite um, overwhelming. Yeah, I can imagine. So I think the thing that I guess for me, part of the reason it's not is because I already worked from home, right? And so it's not a huge adjustment. Although I do miss the stage so much. I like I miss the audiences. So, you know, I would leave home, obviously, to teach farm to table, or to do a speaking gig. So that's the thing. Um, but then I think also the reason it's not super shocking for me is because I walk down to the riverfront and everything and I see people out walking their dogs, playing with their kids. Um, and that was also my previous life. Like, that's not new. Right. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like being, you know, stores closing down at seven or 8 PM, you know, not being able to dine out, not being able to hang out with you guys. It, it, it hits, but it don't hit hard. Like I'm used to all everybody being busy. I'm used to kind of being solo, being on my own schedule. Um, and so I guess I'm just like, oh, this is the way of the world right now. Now it's still the question mark, like how long and how much of it is gonna be permanent? Like, you right. know, will this change the way, you know, things, uh, people work? Will this permanently change the way kids attend school? In some aspect, I ain't saying we gonna get rid of brick and mortar. But I'm saying, what is, how is it going to shift? What are going to be the lasting effects of it? Um, is what's scary. And how quickly were you losing a significant portion of the population? Yes, that's the sad part. Yeah, think about that. Like, has, has deaths hit close to you guys? Like, in your social Yeah, yeah. I just, um, you know, lost someone. I, I considered an uncle. Um, mm. And I took flowers over to the home. And I couldn't even give her a hug. I couldn't even give her a hug. I literally just handed the flowers and stood back. And then and then we called each other on the phone. The funeral is actually today. I was too scared to even go. It's because it's not a funeral funeral. It's a viewing 10 at a time. But I'm, I, I can't. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm scared to 
be in that closed-in environment. I, I don't know who's going to be wearing masks. I don't know who's not going to be. I don't know how well my protection works. I don't know if he exposed some of the people that's here. I just couldn't even do it. And I, you know, it, and it's getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And it's just, it's impacting our community so much. You know, we already have to deal with things outside of this before this even occurs. So, you know, it's, it's just difficult to, to see. It's difficult to see people minimizing um, what, you know, and, and I know that we do it jokingly to try to get through. I get that, you know, all the memes, all the jokes, all the everything. But at the same time, this is a time where we should be pulling together and we're not. And that's also like making me upset because I see people going in on other people being happy about a stimulus check. I see people going in on people about how they um, how they isolate. You shouldn't be outside. People are spraying people with things, you know, Lysol. If they don't have a mask, people are literally, a, a black girl got beat up, I think by a police officer because she they weren't social distancing with some white kids, but he went directly to her and, and manhandle her. I'm sure a lawsuit is coming from that because they weren't social distancing. But then he goes and puts his hands physically on this girl, black girl, out of all, out of these kids. The other girls were white. She was black. And he chose her. So there's this discrimination. I mean, it's just so much going on. It's not just the social distancing. It's the things that are magnified now that were already there, but now they are on full display once again. And we are getting the brunt of everything that's going on. Old news, yeah. Old news, old news. Um, and I don't even think it's like that. That was the issue before. Like, did we possibly think because we see all these signs now that say we're in this together that we were that we're really in this together? Like, do do we yeah. really think that you know discrimination, racism, biases in policing and healthcare and education will go away? Like, how are students who you know only you know got eight when they went to school and definitely don't have a laptop or computer at home how are they learning what if their parents barely have a high school education and you know don't even have the wherewithal to teach them like all the disparities are still there um a hundredfold even worse right like they're even worse off now they're hungrier right now they're there's even more neglect now there's even less opportunity for advancement um with regard to their education um and so and, and just when we talk about the the disparities when it comes to people of color and healthcare, um, and how we're disproportionately dying from this disease, it's not. I didn't bat an eye when I read it. When I heard it, it's I didn't not, bat an eye. It's not. It's a good. It's it's nothing new. It isn't. Everything that has happens in this country systemically affects us in a worse in a worse manner. We're always mm -hmm. worse off. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to read really quickly to you guys this excerpt from a CNN article about um, COVID uh, impacting communities of color because um, it, it just hit different. It's not shocking, but I just want some people to hear some numbers. So really quickly, um, it says, in Chicago, officials said this week that 72% of deaths from the virus have occurred among Blacks who make up only 30% of the city's population. Economic and social inequalities and differences in healthcare access have also surfaced in early data in New Jersey and in Michigan, where African Americans account for more than 40% of COVID-19 deaths, though they make up only 14% of the population. Um, in New York City, Hispanic coronavirus victims account for 34% of the fatalities, while comprising only 29% of the population of more than 8 million people. Black residents account for 28% of the city's deaths while making up 22% of the population. So the questions uh, that New York Governor, Governor Andrew Cuomo asks is, why are African Americans and Latinos affected? We're seeing this across the country. Um, now here's, the reasons they list, I think, are quite accurate. Um, just like uh, Hurricane Katrina, it's been a never-ending plague of economic uncertainty, despair, and neglect. African-Americans are less likely to be insured and able to afford testing. They are more likely to work in unstable jobs and suffer from existing medical conditions such as asthma, diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease, leaving them at higher risk for COVID-19. 
and then throw in well-documented disparities in income, home ownership, employment, wealth, education, incarceration, and infant mortality. They are more likely to live in urban counties where higher density lets the virus spread faster than urban or, or than sub suburban ones. Black and Latino workers are less likely to be able to work from home. Only 20% of Black and 16% of Latino workers reported being able to do their jobs from home, compared with nearly 30% of white employees. In Chicago, Black and non-Latino people were more likely to be infected with the coronavirus and die from it, and they make up 50% of all coronavirus in the city, adjusted for population. Um, so all of these things we know, but that list about all the disparities in every facet that we know of, whether it be medicine, whether it be education, whether it be incarceration, we will already, we already have the highest instances of fatalities, pre-existing conditions, and are more likely to hold, you know, what's considered an essential job now. Right, and not to mention to throw in the fact that we um, we're weathered, so we are all we're we're already living under chronic stress, which weakens your immune system anyway. So dealing with all those things, and we're already stressed, living from paycheck to paycheck, living in these communities, dealing with these things, our immune system are, is still not as strong, even if you know we don't have an underlying condition, because stress to me is an underlying condition that's just undiagnosed, really. Right. You know, so yeah. I know that that's not something people consider a health condition, but to me it is. If you are dealing with chronic stress, your immune system is not performing at an optimal level, which leaves you more susceptible, you know? And we are weather, we are more stressed. That is just is what it is from all those factors that Lisa just stated, you know? And it's just, it, I don't know, for some reason, just sitting in his house, thinking about it, reading about it, seeing it, Everyone I know has been affected some type of way, impacted some type of way. It's a lot. It definitely is. Mm -hmm. um, on another note, I know someone who had it, who um, is uh, plant-based. Her and her daughter had it. And she says, you know, she did get the symptoms and stuff, but she didn't get any of the respiratory issues or any of those other things. And she said, you know, Thank God that she took care of herself. She was exercising. She was eating right. So it doesn't leave you exempt from, you know, catching the COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it, it does put you in a better position to be victorious, you know, and not succumb or not end up in the hospital, not on a ventilator, not pass away because of it. Yep. Yeah. Agree. And like um, my husband, a couple of weeks ago, he had a fever for him that lasted for 10 days and he didn't have any other symptoms, nothing else. So I do believe in my soul that he had a little touch of it. I feel like he had the rough, not the Rona. He had like the R and the O. Um, <laughs> but something that I noticed during that time was I called to try to get him some medical assistance. And um, Beaumont Hospital, well, we called his doctor, his um, primary care physician said, nope, we're closed up. We're not taking anybody. Nope. They referred us to Beaumont. And so I called Beaumont, the little um, hotline that they had. They were doing um, curbside testing for COVID. And I explained the situation and everything. And I started thinking, I'm like, they're doing the curbside testing at all Beaumont hospitals. Where are William Beaumont hospitals located? Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. They're all in the Royal Oak, Troy. So they're all in the suburban areas outside of the more um, urbanized areas. And I started thinking, I'm like, what if you don't even have any transportation right. or health insurance to get out there to Beaumont to get tested? Like, what do you do? What about people who don't have any of those resources? What do we do? And who are those people likely to be? You right. know, so I re that really got me thinking before everything had hit as hard as it did. I'm like, if I needed to see a physician, I'm okay because I thankfully have insurance and all of that. Um, but what about people who don't? You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And, and, and those people are already accustomed to not seeking medical attention. So it's not like you're going to, now we have this new pandemic and you're going to just 
overhaul everything you've been doing for the last 10, 15 years, like now you're going to go to the doctor. You're going to continue to try to self-medicate, self-diagnose, self-treat, all of those things like you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Tiff, that people don't have insurance. And not only with this situation, but they program themselves to just stay at home and deal with it pretty put much. Put some tussin on it. Put some tussin on it. You'll be all yeah. right. Yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and you know, it's really, I'm on both sides of the coin because it's really has always been our way in our culture historically um, to put some tussing on it, so to speak, right? Like medicine men and women in our community was our way of healing ourselves. We, we knew how to heal from the land mm-hmm. before we knew to turn to Western white medicine. And so um, even now it's our way, just like, you know, Jay Howard, my mom told you and I, like, boil some citrus pills and inhale them. Here's this elderberry. You know, here are, you know, this echinacea. So we, that's always been, people of color, that's always been our way in that we know how to use the earth to heal ourselves. Not only has it always been our way, but it's quite often had to be necessary because the numbers speak for themselves in that Western medicine hasn't always been for us. So the the fear that we will perish or come out worse than what we went in ain't a fairy tale. Like that's real talk. Like that's not a false narrative, right? And so a lot of us have developed iatrophobia, right? Fear of the white coat. And it makes sense because now literally there are doctors and nurses and God knows who else who's making a decision off the cuff from the hip on whether or not you even get a bed or a respirator, right? And it's, and these decisions are having to be made literally in split seconds. And you could, somebody might say, you know what, this person that didn't have this preexisting condition or this person who's not overweight or this person who looks like me, right? Not realizing that they're making that biased decision, right? It might not even be conscious, but they're saying that we have to choose on who lives and who dies. Right. And so putting ourselves in a position where uh, we have to use Western medicine to get better is a really scary thought for people of color. But like I said, history teaches us why it should be. Yeah. When I think of going to the doctor, no insurance for for just using myself as an example, I pictured getting tested. That's it. To know your basically know your status, not to use their medicine, per se. But to know your status, we've been using our own remedies, but the average person in in the black community are not using what you and I would use or Tiff would use. They're using liquor, weed. Um, A lot of people are using food. You know, they're constantly, they're just going along with their regularly scheduled program, still, you know, getting up to taking care of the kids, still pretending as if if they ignore this problem, even if they're feeling symptoms, that is just going to up and go away. So when I say go to the doctor, it's not necessarily to use their Western medicine, but at least know where you stand, if you can, if you can, because not knowing, I think that's what gets people in this whole, because, you know, for a minute, they were saying that we were immune, Black people. Black people were saying Black people's immune. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not that we don't catch it. We just ignored it. You know what I mean? So I think that's the purpose for me for wanting people to get tested. You're not immune. You're passing. You're getting it. You're getting sick. You're fighting through it the best way you know how, but you're passing it along. Yep, agree. And then there's just so just let's just say you do get in to see a doctor. There's so much disparity within the healthcare system itself. Like I was thinking about the um, mortality rate of black women during childbirth. I was almost a statistic. And so I found that black women are two to six times more likely to die from complications of pregnancy than white women. The leading causes of death are hemorrhage, pregnancy-induced hypertension, and and embolism. And Mm -hmm. I had pregnancy-induced hypertension. And so that really hit home. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. And I was watching another um, documentary a couple months ago. It's called She Did That. If you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. Folks, no, I watched please, it after you see it. You did good, good, good. Everyone else listening, if you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. It's called She She Did That. It is a Netflix documentary. 
but there was a um, woman on there who was talking about her experience with her physician. And she said that there is this um, idea within the medical community that black people, particularly black women, have a higher pain threshold. Oh, yeah than other people and it's like how can you look at me as a black woman and say oh you got this you don't need all this pain medic no you got this you can manage your pain in a better way mm-hmm. so women are less likely to get on appropriate pain management medication because of that yeah that's why we need advocates we we need advocates it's so important for us to have someone when we can't speak for ourselves or if we're too intimidated by a doctor where we don't feel like we can you know speak up against this though we need someone to come with us to our appointments to come to come with us to the doctor to say hey no she needs more pain mina was my advocate for both of my um deliveries you know she was the one who probably saved my second delivery because he wasn't my son was not coming um, the way he was supposed to come mina literally turned make forced them to turn down my um what do you call the tiff my would you say Lisa? epidural epidural that she forced them to turn it down because it was too high she said it two or three times of course me getting the epidural was like no it's not too high because i couldn't feel anything right and mina said no that's the problem she should be feeling these contractions to push up again and she said it like three or four times and then she demanded that they turn my epidural down and that's when i pushed him out because his heart rate was starting to slow he, I, I was supposed to be pushing him out, but I wasn't, and he was ready to come out. So when the contraction would come, I was too relaxed to push him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't feel the pain to push against. So Mina there demanded on my behalf that they do what they were supposed to do and turn down my epidural, and so it went smoothly from there. That could have went, went so different. Sure. That could have went so different. Yeah, yeah, it totally could. And um, going back to what you said earlier too, Jay, about us kind of ignoring our symptoms, I think sometimes too, um, we're put, we're our back is against the wall, like between a rock and a hard place. Because even if it's not a coronavirus, even mm-hmm. if it was like high blood pressure or chronic stomach pain or chronic joint pain or headaches, we're often forced to ignore those things as well because we have to choose between surviving, putting food on the table, working. Maybe it's a single parent household. Um, or uh, taking care of ourselves. So that doesn't automatically turn off in a pandemic. So, you know, those of you who may be listening and may have, like, we're not coming down on you and saying you're a horrible person. I get that. Like, there, we, a lot of us were in survival mode before a pandemic hit. The pandemic just pushed us over the edge into, I don't even know if, I don't know what, what struggle to choose today. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That, wow. and that breaks my heart, right? Like a lot of us are so privileged. Uh, we don't even real because we weren't struggling going in in that way. And so some people are literally just choosing day to day what struggle to address. Mm. So, Damn. yeah. So I want to go back to um, deaths because I was talking to a client the other yesterday, guys. And she's like, I was like, we, me and this client, we meet biweekly every two weeks. And um, she was saying that she lost three people since the last time I've spoken with her. And she's, she's like, I'm just like, I can't believe it. Like, I'm losing these people. And the worst part of it all, just like Jay said earlier, is that, you know, there won't be a funeral. I won't be able to say my final words and my final goodbyes to these people I love. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about the grieving process really quickly, because one of the things I got to thinking about and talking with her is that, right, I think the next phase of the pandemic is going to be a collective grieving phase as a country, as a world, and then even, you know, more uh, microscopic in the Black community, in our own communities, in our own household. Because right now, we're actually going through the thing of people dying at a high rate. But now we're going to have to figure out how to live life without these close people that were in our lives, and moreover, figure out how to cope with the fact that you never got the opportunity to celebrate their lives. So how should mourning look now? How what mourning, How do you mourn somebody who, number one, you didn't expect to die, 
right? Because sometimes it's different if somebody's been sick, you've been by their bedside, maybe you were able to take care of them. So how does it look when somebody dies unexpectedly that you weren't expecting to go this quickly? And how does it look when you are not able to put them at rest, surrounded by loved ones, um, celebrate their life, get up and talk about them, share memories, get uh, cards and, and words and well wishes and get support from your church and your community. Um, people are dying and who are just being incinerated because they, they could be contagious. Um, they're being piled up in storage facilities in these medical mm -hmm. rooms, right? Bodies on top of bodies, right? One of those could be your loved ones. You literally call the hospital and somebody tell you your mom, dad, uncle, cousin died yesterday and you could never see him. You never have final words. So how do we mourn a non-traditional death in that way? I think the number one thing is knowing that the way you mourn does not have to mirror anyone else's. Um, I think a lot of times we think we're supposed to mourn this way. We're supposed to feel this way. We're supposed to feel this way. And then we have tell people telling us how we're supposed to feel and deal with it. Then we try to hide our sadness or we try to appear a certain way. During these times, I think the most important things when it, when it comes to mourning is being able to mourn in a way that literally allows you to, to accept those feelings and let them out the way that you see fit. Mm. Not the way your grand, you know, some people are more reserved with their mourning. They don't cry in front of anyone. They may go into the room, shut the door and cry. If you want to call someone up and boo-hoo and cry their ears off for two hours, do that. If you're a person who just wants to watch a movie marathon with the, the movies that remind you of good times, do that. If you're a person who feels like, you know, I'm just going to lay in this bed all day. I need to be pampered. And you got someone to help you through, do that. The most important thing is not feeling like you're supposed to mourn a certain way. That in itself is one of the things that won't allow you to grieve. I mean, you already can't grieve properly because you didn't get the, the goodbye you needed to anyway. Yeah. But that adds additional heartache and di additional pain when you, you're trying to be perceived a certain way. If I don't look sad or if I don't, by crying in front of people, they're going to think I'm this, or if I don't, it, it's just too much. Just think about yourself right now, what you need. Maybe your your if you have kids, what they need. But anyone pretty much outside of that, you don't owe them a certain way to grieve. Right, and I think just to piggyback on that, Jay, is don't follow a timeline with grief. You know how yeah. people tell you, oh, it's been three years, you haven't gotten over that yet. You're going to grieve in as much time as you need to grieve and some people never fully get over it some people are forever changed mm -hmm. and that's okay like mm -hmm. i think a lot of it is the people around us when you're grieving the people around us and i hate to say it, but it's kind of selfish but the people around us are ready for us to be okay for their they own are. Comfort, for their they comfort, are. right if you seem like you're okay i don't have to sit here and, and listen to you cry i don't have to cry with you i don't have to pray about it i can move on so i need mm. you to be okay and so people, like you said, sweep it under the rug and they continue on and they don't allow themselves to go through that whatever process that they need to move on. A hundred percent. And I think that's exactly what Jay described. Like, I think it was almost two years ago on a podcast that's disenfranchised grief, um, almost in that um, it's not acknowledged by, by society. Like if you... Like Jay said, if you have a non-traditional way of mourning or grieving, or if you lost somebody to Corona that was already older or already sick or whatever, then it might be look a little less impactful versus if you lost a child, right? Or if you lost a spouse, then you guys were young and just starting your life, right? Um, and so we need to really have compassion because I'm sure you guys have seen the trends of like, you know, people sharing obituaries or doing, you know, viewings and stuff via zoom and it just breaks my heart to think that uh we can't like celebrate our loved ones in the way that we may have needed to um to get through this um and hold their hand or you know be there for their last breath um and then what Elsa makes me think about is how many people maybe didn't even have to die like so mm. imagine a overwhelmed or or a stretched healthcare system right where somebody's in critical condition, 
and they start coding and we have to decide uh they may maybe if if our healthcare system if all our beds weren't full and we didn't have a hallway full of patients who were also dying we could take these few minutes to try and resuscitate them and do everything we can to save their life but i i don't believe that everybody died from coronavirus had to die and i'm talking about people who are in the hospital no no yeah and so it makes me even think about that like some of these lives could have been saved, but oh, unfortunately, we, we're dealing with literally a overwhelmed and overworked staff. Like there's literally hundreds of healthcare workers who are out because they're sick themselves. They're pulling professionals um, from retirement. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're pulling. Not only are they pulling professionals out of retirement, Tiff, they're pulling professionals um from other from other modalities right they might you might be a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon and you they're they're literally giving them crash course in respiratory care not only that they've pulled out um final year medical students and allowed them to start working early so there's so many reasons why the ball could have been dropped right just undertrained overworked staff um mm-hmm. under experienced right um all of these different things and so it, it really makes you scared like if you don't if you do get this thing and you don't have the respiratory issues that requires you to have hospitalization thank god like if you can try and fight it at home thank goodness because maybe you had a worse chance and i don't mean to dampen and just darken this whole thing but these numbers are really high for people of color and they're only climbing and you know and you know what it's making me I try not to be upset because it's not fair. This, no one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. But I get frustrated with people, the same people who pretend that they didn't never had enough time to work out, to eat healthier, now at home making jokes and making memes about the before and after, how they're going to come out heavier. You know what I mean? We all are going to have to, most of us who work in a brick and mortar, who don't work from home, we're going to have to go back into the workforce eventually. You cannot wear masks forever. You cannot social distance forever. Now is the time to build your immune system at the best way you can every single day with fruits, vegetables, and exercise. Mask and social distancing is not the only preventative measures that you need to be taking. This is now. We're in the house. What about when they say, okay, this, uh, the lockdown is over April 30th or May 30th, whenever it is, then what are your preventative measures? You need to be taking the time to build your immune system up right now. Now is the time. Like I just um, heard a podcast and I love what he said. You don't build the boat in a storm. You cannot, it's too late. Don't try to go back to work and and now, okay, now what can I do now? I can't wear the mask. I can't wear, I can't social distance. Now is the time you build your boat. And and I don't mean by gloves and social distancing. That's just one measure. I need y'all to start exercising. I need y'all to start eating your greens. I need you to start, you know, lowering your, um, the way you process stress. When you are around on people who don't necessarily lift you up and, and you can afford to not be around them, like that cousin that call you every day getting on your nerve, that's somebody that you can con- kind of put to the side a little bit and spend less time because they stress you out. Like there's now is for real. Now what they say, uh, this is not a, this is not a drill. Not a drill. This is not a drill. This is real. This is game time. So put, I mean, man, y'all seriously try your hardest to build your immunity from within those dirty gloves, those reworn masks, that social distancing that they say six feet when it really could be 30 feet when it really could be 50 feet, when it really can be no feet and it's just lingering in the air. You, we don't know. We don't know. It li- these six feet measures may not even be really what's keeping us safe because they don't know if it's, they're studying right now to see if it's airborne. And by airborne, that means it literally just stays in the air for hours. They don't, they're testing that right now because right now they think it's a matter of you being in a certain distance with someone and you're breathing in those respiratory droplets, but now they don't know if it's airborne where they don't care how long the person has been gone, it's gonna linger in this vicinity for a certain amount of time. When you go back out, then what? You know what I mean? So, I mean, all jokes aside, let's let's really take this seriously, man. Preventative measures is what you can be doing right now where you have the benefit of being in the house, you don't have to go to work. I don't, and I'm not talking about 
do a get up and take a 45 minute kickboxing class. I mean, literally 10 minutes of your day, like an hour once a week spread out with like something What I, is what I'm saying. You don't have to be this big fitness guru. Just do something for your health, for your cardiovascular system. Well, because as a country, we are reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. Create a problem and we say, whoa, how do we fix it? Mm. Much. And so now we're seeing causes of a lot of our issues. Like, why can we talk about why did this hit the black community in disproportionate um, numbers? Like, where can we go? Why, how do black folks or people of color, how do we get to be so vastly unhealthy compared to the rest of the country, compared to other groups to begin with? I mean, when you look at the black neighborhood, you don't see good quality food sources. You see, what do you see? Liquor stores and beauty supply stores and fast food restaurants. There are in churches, yes. There are literally there are communities that vote on what um businesses they will allow into their neighborhood, right? There are several like West Bloomfield, they don't have a lot of fast food concentrations. And that's because their residents got together and they said, no, we're not gonna do the fast food. We're gonna get this Whole Foods right here in the middle of our community to keep our community healthy. Then you go to like Seven Mile, you know, in, in Detroit, in the middle of Detroit, you don't see all of that. All you see are things that are strategically placed in our neighborhoods to keep us unhealthy. Not that we have to engage, we do not have to partake. But then let's talk about the cost of food, the cost of getting out to the Whole Foods where you can get good quality produce. Like let's talk about the access to healthcare within the neighborhoods. Like it it starts within our neighborhoods. It's Mm -hmm. what we are exposed to from birth. It's what we've had to deal with from birth. And now fast forward 20, 30 years, now you're 35 years old with a chronic health condition and here comes COVID. You know, so it's just so disproportionate. It's just so, like the root of it, it goes, it's very deep. The root goes very, very deep as to why our, our communities are getting hit the hardest. You're 100% right about that, Tiff. Um, the origin, this did not just start in February. Um, this has been a long time coming. So what's disproportionately passing from it has been in the making for years upon years, right? Um, it's been some of our doing, it's been some of their doing. Um, but collectively, it doesn't even matter, which is ending in death. But let's talk about how Jay said really quickly, um, you know, the people who maybe are motivated now to do better. Like, I want to applaud those people who have made uh, the coronavirus their catalyst for mm-hmm. showing up to some of these online nutrition classes, lectures, you know, um, mm-hmm. people who are now, you know, booking nutrition consultations and trying to figure out how can I eat a little better? I didn't know that you know, sugar lowered my immune system for up to four hours. I didn't know that dairy was a huge problem with, you know, the the mucus it creates in my body and how that might make me more susceptible. So we often talk about, you know, the power of staying ready and how you should have been ready and this wouldn't impact you that much. But I want to flip the coin in and give a huge thumbs up and a round of applause for those of you who this has been your catalyst, right? Because truth be told, we've all had a catalyst, right? And so we can't get down on anybody whose catalyst look different from ours. You know, very, uh, not not often does somebody just wake up and decide to get healthy for no reason. We all have had a catalyst. And so for those of you who coronavirus have been it, um, I want to say how proud of you, we all are, all three of us are, are really proud of you guys for making this your uh, jumping stone, your building block. Um, your diving board into a world of health. I was on a nutrition consultation. You know, I had a woman who had put a deposit on uh, my farm to table course many, many months ago. And for some reason, uh, I think she had went back to work or something. She ended up not being able to take the course. And she was like, so what, you know, can my money go toward? And I was like, oh, we can go toward a nutritional consultation with me one-on-one. And she finally booked it and we had it yesterday. And we spent about 45 minutes together talking about, what you know it should what her diet should look like she told me a little bit of her struggles which were typical things like sugar processed food she loves cheese 
doesn't drink all the water she should consistently. And I went through and gave her reasons for each one of those. And I directly related it to how it could make her more uh, susceptible to the coronavirus if she didn't give up cheese, if she didn't drink enough water, if she didn't start moving, uh, how the sugars impacted her. And she was blown away. Yeah, she's taking notes and she's like, I did not know any of this, right? And so being able to learn this information in a context that makes now makes super sense to you. It's not that you believed before that cheese was a health food, but now it makes super sense if you hear, okay, this virus is fatal for people with a really compromised immune system. And you're telling me sugar is what directly compromises my immune system. Or I've watched somebody close to me die and I now have to protect myself, my kids, the people I love. And so I think this virus has created context for people. Um, and, and that's a big deal. And that's a huge deal, really. Um, so I just want to say I'm proud of everybody who's done yeah. it. You know what I mean? And how them into more um, more classes. Make sure you're enrolled in the Black Health Academy, first and foremost. Host of master classes about this content. I just released one this week called uh, the top five things you should be prioritizing during quarantine. And that has been getting, getting a great response. It's about an hour and a half lecture that I recorded. Um, we did it live first Saturday via Zoom. Um, and I talk about the top five things in your health that should be of utmost importance right now. So if you're not enrolled in the Black Health Academy, go to theblackhealthacademy.com and get enrolled and tap into some of this content and use this wonderful downtime to educate yourself so you and your family come back out on the other side better than you went in. Well said, well said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah, besides, yeah, I'm, I am proud of you guys as well who are taking this opportunity and recognize it, recognizing it as an opportunity. I don't know where, where I heard, um, it may have been the same podcast I was just referencing that um, list five things of how the this pandemic is benefiting you because a lot of you know as we when we first got online um before we start recording it i was having myself a pity party about all the things that was affecting me negatively and this particular podcast was telling us just to do the opposite mm -hmm. how has this pandemic affected you um what has it done for you that, that is benefiting you whether it's saving money on gas, whether it's more quality time with your family, like Lisa said, is it you can you your exercise, you're realizing the impact of nutrition on your immune system. Um, like how has this affected you positively affected you? A lot of ways, even though I miss you know social engagements, but overall I'm I'm coming out better than I went in financially. Um, and I'm also realizing truth be told i don't think i will ever be the same as far as social distancing because even if the coronavirus just disappeared i'm realizing how much we breathe in each other's air that close yeah, right i'm like you know what i'm going to kind of so not social distance but kind of keep more space between myself and others going forward you know even if it's for the common cold you know what i mean so you know there's a lot of different things that I think if we focus on how this can benefit us, take the time to exercise now because we have the time. Um, spend that quality time with our children that we didn't have before. There, you know, we can get through this. We can get through it. Absolutely. And a lot of people are using this time for doing things around the house you've been neglecting and haven't had the time to do. Like, there are some positives coming out of this epidemic. But I, I'm with you, Jay. I'm like, listen, folks are nasty. Right. <laughs> folks are Rona aside. <laughs> when this first happened, my husband was actually traveling from Orlando. When he was at the airport, he overheard this white man on the phone with somebody, and he heard him say, oh, I guess I'm going to have to start washing my hands now when I use the restroom. And I'm like, that wasn't a regular practice for you, sir. You know, so it kind of exposed some of our nasty habits. Like people are nasty. So I have a question for you two ladies. Question. Mm -hmm. Let's just say the, the let's just say if the country does quote unquote open up tomorrow or May first, as currently it looks like it it may. Um, what would you do? Like, how will you be changed? Like, what will you do? What what has changed moving forward? How will you proceed 
once the country um, is open again. Are you talking about Lisa? She, she asked both of us, Jay. Both of you, um, yeah. I never needed the Amazon Prime, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> open my eyes. That's so necessary, you know what I mean? I canceled that membership, Tiff, and um, my life has been swell. I never, it's just some things that we used to consider. The, basically what I'm saying is the definition of essential has changed. Oh, me. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 The definition of essential has certainly changed for me. Um, but you know what? I And I hate to just sound like I had it together. But it did make me realize, like, this hasn't changed my life so much in a way. Like, I'm, there's nothing I can think about that I regret not doing more of. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like I made it intentional to travel no matter what. I made it intentional to spend time with you guys. I made it intentional to work hard and build my businesses and, and, and build my craft and, and things like that. And there's, I w I'm just really happy to say that prior to this, you know, I lived a life that I didn't need vacation from. And that's still currently, I enjoy my work so much. And so I can continue to work uh, the same way I've always been doing. So it's just giving me the, affording me the opportunity to double down on some things and, and work harder. That's what the extra time has done. It's allowed me to work on some projects that I wasn't already doing, but it didn't really highlight for something for me in my life that I needed to be more attentive to. You know, you know, we already went hard in our health. I already went hard in my relationships. I already went hard in experiencing and seeing the world. Um, I already went hard in saving money. You know, I had a huge unexpected expense at the top of the quarantine and luckily I was able to navigate it through it without the bottom falling out of my world financially. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud of myself to be honest with you, because I put work into all of those things. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but it has changed the definition of essential to me <laughs> and Amazon prime ain't it. <laughs> you sure? No, <laughs> you sure girl. <laughs> um, for me, I've realized how much money that I spent. Oh my God. After this is all over, I'm not going back into nickel and my dime and myself. I I can't believe how much money I was spending now. Cause I'm looking at my I'm like, how am I saving all the because I'm not spending all this unnecessary money? I can't even believe it. Gas aside, because I'm not really going anywhere, of course money's gonna be saved on that, but just how many times I would have went to the store and bought unnecessary things, how many events I would have went to, how many brunches I would have went to, dinners I would have went to, movies I would have went to. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars was spent. I've decided when I come out of this quarantine that I'm going to continue on that path for, throughout the year. The only thing that I'm going to really be um, as far as so is, is, of course, a trip. You know, we can take our road trip if that's what it's going to be um, for the fit trip. But the city life stuff is going to have to be cut back some, get my uh, account the way I want it to be. Because I, I I spent too much. <laughs> it's just plain and simple. I spent I spent a lot of money and I didn't know it. I didn't know, you know that. What, Jay? I, I don't know. I mean, I know you've been trying to work. You've been working on your finances for a while. And you said in the last episode that you know, you used to be one of the people who thought I needed to get something in exchange for my money right away. Like I need to see a return. But also your, what you, everything you just named was you were getting an experience and a memory in time with somebody you loved alone. Like we wouldn't have been able to share the pictures we've been sharing this week if it wasn't for those things. So you had already been on a path to get financially responsible. But I think all the money you used to previously spend was swapped out for an experience that brings you to true joy and was part of your stress management. So what you saying? Because it ain't like what I'm saying is I oh, took stress management a wee bit too far. That's what I'm saying. Like, hmm. for instance, I was just telling someone this back in the day, back in the day days. They still got with their people. They still have fun, but it'll be living room fun. Invite some people over, turn up some Marvin Gaye, and let's send the kids to the room, and let's have a good time. Everything I do is about spending money. Every single thing, this shouldn't be that way. I'm doing more things. I'm going to do more things that does not involve me pulling out my wallet. For the, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how I'm going to navigate it, what I'm going to limit it to, but I had no limits. If somebody invited me somewhere 10 times in that month, I was going to everything. Everything. I don't care what it was. And I went in a good time every time. I'm sorry. I can't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no I'm going to have to say, mm -mm. we're going to have to do things that 
every time I leave out my door, it's costing me money. I, I got to chill on that. I just do. And this has shown me I'm spending a lot of money doing those things. At, at some point, you, you have to be responsible. And I know that's good experiences, but I have so many good experiences. I mean, I could have, I could have slammed y'all with pictures and videos, but I didn't. Cause I'm like, Jay, you're the only one who's really <laughs> enjoying these like this, but I could have slammed y'all with pictures and videos. I have enough good times that I don't need to go 10, 15. I mean, I looked at my March calendar and was almost astounded well, how many <laughs> events and things that I had, I'm like, this alone was like $600. When I looked at just on events, just mm -hmm. on going here and going there. No, that's too much. And Especially being a single mother, like there's bigger things. I need to buy a house. I want to buy a house. I want to, you know, there there's things that will bring me just as much joy. It would just require me to sit still for a second. Mm -hmm. And I, ha I have to be willing to do that for the bigger picture. No doubt. Absolutely. Tiff, what about you? Mine is like the opposite. Like I am a homebody. Like I prefer hanging out at home and to get me out of the house for something social. It's a big deal for me. Like I have to, it's an event for me to actually go out and do things. So I think after this, I'm going to make a conscious effort to get out and do more social activity. Okay. Go and visit. Cause I'm like, I can't even go and kick it with y'all right now. Like we're hanging out now. It's not the same, you know? I'm like, I'm going to be more intentional in being more social, getting out, going and visiting friends, going and visiting family, all that stuff, because I am. If I got the choice, I will be right at home, you know, cold, cold, chilling, relaxing, you know, but I need to be more outgoing and um, put more effort into my relationships as far as visiting people in person and, and being present. Well, I want to thank you guys for putting me right in the middle of this nonsense. Y'all both say two completely opposite things. One no, <laughs> no, because what I'm saying is you and Tiff can just come over. I can come just like that day we went over Tiff's house and we had a good time. Like I know, I know. Get some popcorn and something and chill. We don't have to spend a bunch of money. Some popcorn, have some bowl pizza, and you <laughs> chill out. This is horrible. I feel like I'm really in the middle. Okay. Anyway. Well, okay. Final thing before we go. Um, let's share something and on a high note. Well, I know me and Tiff's is a little funny. Jay, was your serious? We're going to share. Yes. It is? Okay. So you can share your serious thing and me and Tiff share our thing. We want to well, share. Well, because you said to, um, it I could be a meme or article and I chose an article. Um, Okay, so a little snippet from an article. So let me no, pull it no, up. that's that's perfect. Let me explain it really quickly. I, before we came on, I asked the girls to pick a a meme, a current event, or article that kind of represents something um, that has resonated with them for the during the quarantine right now. So each one of what each one of us has done that. Uh, Jay's picked an article, so we're gonna let her go first. Okay. Okay, this is the snippet I've picked. Although presently we do not have data concerning nutritional factors in relation to the risk and severity of viral diseases such as COVID-19, the role of nutrition and immunity has been well established. The reason I chose that is because stop acting brand new. Stop acting. Why people want specifics? Well, how, how do ginger affect um, corona? None, none of your business. Just know how ginger affects. Your immunity, period. Why do y'all want specifics? I'm sick of it. Everybody, how does I'm, how does Corona go? Why do you want to know how Corona? Just know this has been researched for years and years, and you you know off top that eating well, eating your fruits and your vegetables, and your doing your exercise impacts your health. And uh, I mean, the magnitude that it impacts your health cannot be denied. So stop looking for specifics on research. This is new. They're just not, this just surfaced a few months ago. Where's all this research is going? Where is it going to come from? It's, it's going to be new research that barely, you can barely even trust anyway. Know what you've been knowing. You know that nutrition is the primary factor in recovery and prevention. Act like you know. Stop, stop needing it to affect COVID-19 directly. No, you know, <laughs> you know the impact it'll have on your health. I'm sick of people. You don't need to know about Corona and COVID. Just know that do that and you and you'll be better off. <laughs> I love it. Go hard. Go hey, hard. Hey, hashtag sis popped off. 
sick of it. I'm sick of it. How do if I if I eat turmeric, turmeric been been saving lives, been reducing inflammation. What? Like, come on now, y'all. We can't start acting brand new now. Now is not the time. They need the data, data. They said I don't want just the facts. I need the facts, facts. I need to know. I need to know. You know. Okay. When was this research specifically for coronavirus? Oh, it's killing me, y'all. It's killing me. <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> How you say it, Tip? How she said it? Coronavirus. <laughs> all right. Tip, what you got for us? What What you find? What has resonated with you? Okay, so I sent you all a meme that says, "When does season two of 2020 start?" I do not like season one. I, I listen, I'm like, just throw the whole year away. Like, I, I feel like since January, there has been event after event from, you know, Kobe Bryant passing away and from like, it just started off. And it's so sad because the 2020 was seen as the year of vision. Everybody was all like, yes, we're going to do great things in 2020. And it started off with a bang and it's been like event after event happening. And I'm just like, can we get a redo? Mm-hmm. Can I get out my trial? My trial for 2020 is over. Can I? Can I just like unsubscribe? Like I am over this year. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, my trial period is over. I feel you. Like, it ain't what I thought. This app ain't what I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do have a meme too. After y'all get done. Okay, mine is this. So me and Jay was recently complaining about all this cooking we've been doing, and um and how we sick of it. Like cooking turns out is is real ghetto. Like when you gotta cook every day. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's real, that's real trash. And so, uh, I, uh, I follow Awesomely Lovey, the wonderful blogger, commentator of all things current events. And she made a post recently that says, Dear Diary, it's day 527 of this quarantine. Food is starting to stress me out. Last night I ate cereal for dinner because I couldn't decide what to eat and also didn't want to cook because I'm tired of home cooked food. I know I'm being a spoiled brat because there are people going hungry and I should tuck in my privilege. Yet and still, my uselessness is real. Can food just appear at my table? Can someone else decide what I should eat? Can I stop being both greedy about eating and slothy about the process? I don't know. Bless this mess. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that the realest? Fire. I love it. Jay. The accuracy. I'm like, yo, if I have to decide one more time what plant to eat, I got some kale and Swiss chard soaking right now. I'm like, Lord, if I got to lift one more ladle turn on one more eye, you know, clean one more piece of produce. Like there's people like that's the, that's essential. Yeah. I, <laughs> man, that she hit it on the head with girl. that one. Um, the other meme is <laughs> that girl crying real like tears looking real stressed out and she's like i'm sick of the things that won't kill me but make me stronger like you know how they always <laughs> i saw that too yeah or i don't want no more of the things that didn't kill me but make me strong listen okay i get I, I i have proof it didn't kill me but i, I don't need to be stronger i i think i'm strong enough from all the things that didn't kill me can we stop <laughs> Can we please stop immediately yeah, right now? Yeah, the done. proof is there, okay? I'm strong now. Yes. Uh, now, one final thing. I mean, yeah, so we're all, we all have our um, our Black privilege that we're going through right now. I think, <laughs> I think we get, we, everybody, if you're listening to this, everybody gets just as much permission um, to be overwhelmed and stressed out about the big stuff as much as the small stuff. I think we get, we, we're allowed that. We're human. It's the human experience. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know when. The when last time y'all wore jeans, like, have y'all been wearing jeans? I got on jeans right now. You always be wearing jeans around the house like a weirdo, though. What about you, Tim? No, elastic waistband all day. <laughs> yeah, I come over Jay house and she just got jeans on. I'm like, okay, so weird. That's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she, yeah, that that was the wrong question. Don't disqualify me for <laughs> listening. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, fam. Nobody wears jeans around the house. Yeah, at the crib. They're yeah. comfortable. No, you're a serial killer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some ain't right. Tiki tiki boom boom. Some ain't right. Hey, yeah, some ain't right with sis. Um, okay, so final thing I want to remind our audience of is today, you're listening to this on Wednesday, April 23rd, which is the last day 
that our essential scholarship is open. Um, my next plant-based nutrition course, Farm to Table, is starting on Monday, May 4th. It'll be virtual. And I'm offering five full scholarships to essential workers. Woo woo! Yes! Yes. So, um, I, we have five spots available. We've already got in a plethora of applications. If you are an essential worker or you know one, this scholarship is available worldwide because, again, this course is happening online Monday, May 4th through Monday, June 8th. It, it will be on Monday nights from 7 to 9.30 p.m. So you must be an essential worker. You must be willing to show proof that you're an essential worker, and you must be available to attend all six classes Monday night starting May 4th. If you are not available, please don't apply. I want to make sure the scholarship slots are open to people who can take full advantage of this course so again if you're listening to this episode on the day it drops on wednesday april 23rd you still have until midnight tonight to apply we have to close the scholarship tonight because we need time to ship the course materials to every single uh applicant or excuse me every single recipient of the scholarship so and if you are listening to this and you want to join the course, you may not be an essential worker, but you know plant-based nutrition is something you need to know more of, and it's before May 4th, make sure you go to farmtotablecourse.com. That's P-H-A-R-M. Just click the link in the show notes to uh, get access to that course information. It's a six-week course, uh, intensive, all about plant-based nutrition. So make sure you go to farmtotablecourse.com, P-H-A-R-M, farmtotablecourse.com to enroll for our May 4th course. Guys, I have, I can't hold it in. I surprise you, I want to tell y'all. It's not the big surprise yet, but guess what I'm submitting this week for Farm to Table course? What? Okay, I was about to say, y'all better say what. What? Okay. Right. <laughs> Um, I have compiled the application. We're completely done. We're submitting the course to NASM to be a qualified CEU course. Yes! So dope. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. I am so excited, y'all. So I have a phenomenal team of project managers who've been helping me. Watch shout out to Claudia, Ashaki, and Morgan, three phenomenal women on my project management team been working with me for the past couple weeks now and this week we are submitting our first application to make firm to table an accredited ceu course super excited because uh, me jay and tiff were all certified as personal trainers through the national academy of sports medicine and so to get this first one under our belt will be phenomenal and i'm quite confident i feel good about it uh so uh, you know i'll keep you guys updated but we're gonna have something to celebrate so i'll meet y'all yeah. with wine after jay can start back drinking in may um so <laughs> That's it. That's all we got. Uh, any final words, ladies? Congratulations. Thank Congratulations, you. Congratulations, Lisa, and everyone stay healthy and stay safe. Yes. Until next time, be well. Be well.